0: Темна нічка в горе Полонину всю залила, А в ній поста сніжно-біла, Гуцук сеню в ній пізна. Він дивився ваші сині, Коспершись на соснині, І слова полки любові Він до неї промовляв. Гуцулко Ксеню, Я тобі на тримпіті, Лиш одній цілім світі, Скажу про любов Душа страждає Звук лунає А що серце кохає Бо гарячий мов Вже пройшло гаряше Чорнопрову він в останню ніч прощав. Черемоша грали хвилі, сумували очі сені. Тільки вітер на соснині сумну пісню вигравав. Слуко вценю, я тобі на три, лиш одній сілі світі, розкажу про любов, душа стражда.
1: Любов буває раз ніколи, вона ж промчить над зламаним життям, за нею будуть бігти в одноколи. вона ж порве нам спокій до струни, вона ж слова поспалює вустами, спини мене, спини із хамени.
0: Душа страждає.
2: And a brand new release by a brand new artist, at least to the Nasholis Music Library. His name is Rendezvous, and there he was for you with the Ukrainian classic A Tango by Wesolowski, Hutsulka Ksenia. Dobrý večer, shanovní radiusuhodci, a vitajú vás na rádio předáči náš holos rádio křížského Korinja, která poděsí vám, jak svíčenou šťosoborte a šestihodenní na báhatu mluvni rádio stanici AM třinácti dvacet CHNB v Vancouveri i poměraji PCJ rádio mír Pri mikrofonie powinna Mokwory. Dziękuję, że przyszłyście perebuty Zikavi imionu 1 stopni Denu. Mamaim bedushet i chudovu ukrainsku muzyku. Hello there and welcome to Nosh Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchuk-McQuarrie-Pukarinska-Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you today. On this week's show, we've got Ukrainian Jewish Heritage and an interview with Natalia Fereschuk of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, and she'll be telling us all about books and book fairs. And speaking of books, we'll also have a Knizhka Corner book review. So stay tuned for all of that. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a group from the United Kingdom. They are called Kov Kozaks, and a song called Beyond Yasidila, kind of taking a traditional Ukrainian folk song, just a little beyond. Kov Kozaks with Beyond Yasidila.
3: Вікритого вікна До мене циганка, До мене чорнява Я аж бід підконцем відійшла До мене циганка, До мене чорнява Я аж бід підконцем відійшла Стаже ці Білу рученьку Хай я тобі поворожу Хоч циганка, хоче Хоч я молода всю щиру правду розкажу Хоча цыганка, хоча молота, я всю штиру правду расскажу. yorcome te no virrà e carte pro te be se забуdano virrà e carte carte promene kole na promene Боже про мене
4: national ukrainian festival returns to dauphin manitoba august long weekend celebrating 55 incredible years early bird weekend passes will be available december 2nd as well as day passes and camping passes the on-site attractions grandstand variety shows and hourly ongoing entertainment on four feature stages are all included in your one pay admission no extra fees get your tickets and more info at cnuf.ca
5: Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit chochancofoundation.com.
6: Тіра ти забрала, а хати прогнала. Иди, иди, хати, бо на печі батько та мати, а за пічку тебе що вже яки до дому, та залиду хишку в солому. А собаки гавкати стали, поки батько батькоймати не стали. Наробили гала що дітки, та шуну на хаті сидіти. Я забрала раки у миску, сама пішла звати у хижку. Коли туди батько приходить, й у ми сіраки знаходять, хто з тобою тут же не гався, і хто приніс раки, признайся, поки мене батько питався, а ніякі з тишки через цін та через городу.
2: Ukrainian American group Kudyniv and one of those courtship songs, Yakiv, and that translates as Joseph up next, coming north of the border from Montreal, we have Lesia and a more contemporary rendition of a traditional Ukrainian folk song. It's called Chervonaya Kalinoinka, which translates as the Red Gelder Rose or Highbush Cranberry. To Knishka Corner book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we
7: will be discussing Serge Sipko's groundbreaking book, "Starving Ukraine: The Holodomor and Canada's Response." "Starving Ukraine" is a richly detailed history of Canada's response to the Holodomor, the Great Famine in Ukraine. In 1932 33. By examining Canadian newspapers, contemporary letters, and government documents, Sipko paints a shocking picture of famine and death and the Soviet government's denials of these events. Sipko probes several important questions. What was the nature of the coverage in the Ukrainian language press in Canada? How did the pro-Soviet segment of the Ukrainian community respond to the stories about famine in the Soviet Union? What relief efforts existed among Ukrainians, Mennonites, and others in Canada? How did the Canadian government respond to petitions about the famine? Canadians learned of the famine from a multitude of contradictory sources— including newspaper articles, personal letters, political speeches, and organized events to protest this Soviet atrocity. Serge Sipko's examination of Canada's response to the famine begins with the Edmonton Journal's commentary about a scarcity of wheat in Ukraine in early April 1932. This was the earliest reporting about the Holdemar in the mainstream Canadian press. However, in May... The Toronto Star journalist Pierre von Passen contradicted this report by praising Stalin's policy of collectivization and describing living conditions in Ukraine as very satisfactory. Contradictory reports about the the Holodomor would continue as the Soviet government covered up its complicity in starving millions of people. Sipko's book is organized chronologically. Beginning in 1932 and ending in 1934. Chapter titles are quotations from contemporary documents about the Holodomor. Early chapters, such as We Are Starving Terribly and Starvation, Real Cause of Soviet Trial, examine the causes and impact of the Holodomor on the Ukrainian people. Later chapters, such as What to Believe About Russia, and what are one million in a population of 162 million? Examine the Soviet cover up of the starvation. The final three chapters examine the responses of various groups to the Holodomor, including the Canadian government, the pro Soviet community in Canada, aid groups, and the League of Nations. What did Canadians know about the famine as it was happening? The Soviet Union tightly controlled access to the Ukrainian countryside by foreigners. As a result, information was contradictory, and reports of starvation were dismissed as an overreaction. The Soviet Union refused foreign aid, claiming there was no famine. Despite the fact that the events of the Holodomor were raised in the Canadian press, Canada's response was tentative. However, the response of the Ukrainian community in Canada was more powerful. There were compelling articles in the Ukrainian language press and protests throughout Canada, urging Canada to help those suffering starvation. Canadian politicians also urged provincial and federal governments to help the victims of Stalin's collectivization policies. James G. Gardner leader of the liberal opposition in Saskatchewan, made a powerful plea for helping those starving in Ukraine on March the 20th, 1933. Surely the great nations of the world can find a way to get this food to the proper place in the proper way. We must say these people must not die. Sipko's book is an important contribution to Holodomor's studies since it examines how Canada responded to the horrific events. The contradictory newspaper articles about starving people by journalists such as Pierre von Passen and Walter Duranti are shocking. The Soviets were very effective in co-opting the press into reporting what they wanted to hear, however. There were many journalists in Canada, America, and England who spoke out about the whole de This should be a reminder to all of us about the importance of the free press in a time of political turmoil. Starving Ukraine provides readers with detailed contemporary and archival research, as well as an extensive bibliography which would be very useful to anyone doing further research on this topic. Serge Sipko is a coordinator of the Ukrainian Diaspora Studies Initiative for the Canadian Institute of Ukrainian Studies at the University of Alberta. He has published Ukrainians in Argentina, 1897 to 1950, The Making of a Community, as well as One Way Ticket, The Soviet Return to the Homeland Campaign, 1955 to 1960. Starving Ukraine should be required reading for anyone who wants to understand the history of the Holodomor and how Canadians responded to this international crisis. Starving Ukraine
2: is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Canadian pianist Maria Dolnecki, with waltz by Levko Ruvitsky, 19th century Ukrainian composer. Up next, very popular Ukrainian group from back in the 1980s, Nizhures, and a traditional Ukrainian patriotic song, Oy uluzi chervona Kalena, another song about uh, that highbush cranberry, also known as a gelder rose, and that is kind of the national tree of Ukraine, a very symbolic plant indeed. Nizures with Oyuluzi Chervona Kalina.
8: Oyuluzi <laughs> Chervona Kalina дугусно, що сповно Україна, зажурилася. со живу рося. Омитую ще воду, коли дудки нашу славу Україну, хай вероз досте ливого, помитую калину воду, Слава Україну, вейди розвесели Бог. Наше рують, наші добровольці, укривати, визволяти браті українці, з ворожих кайдан. Zmowimy mo, a
5: CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver.
2: Coming up next, a contemporary rendition of a traditional Ukrainian resistance song. And can't tell you who the uh, um, performers are. This was one of those YouTube treasures. The song is called Hey Who, Hey Ha.
1: Нашники готові, прощай, моє дівчата. Сьогодні помандруємо, знаємо А решта Люсиберу, чорти чорти Як ти, чи паспу, чи на, на всі питання ката давай що дов а мож був євген. тебе не бороти, забути їх не
2: For a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. If you're a regular listener of Holos, you'll have noticed that we do a fair number of book reviews on Ukrainian Jewish heritage. Many of these books, especially the new releases, come to our attention as a result of book fairs in Ukraine, elsewhere in Europe, and Israel. Natalia Fedestchak, who is Director of Communications for Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, the sponsor of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, has been attending book fairs and um, she's responsible largely for a lot of these uh, books that we get to review. So she's back from a couple of book fairs this past fall and she'll tell us a little bit about what book fairs are and what they're all about. So, welcome, Natalia. Thanks for coming back on the show and welcome back home. We have a chance to chat because you've been traveling a lot to book fairs, among other things. So let's talk about the book fairs. You've mentioned book fairs over the years and I kind of had a vague idea of what they are, but give me a clearer idea.
9: (laughs) Okay. So, you know, if we look at Ukraine, I mean, the book market is still nascent there, but it's growing and Ukrainian writers, a crop of writers who are just energetic, you know, they're breaking in onto the European scene. And as a result, you're seeing a growth in interest in books in Ukraine and in these writers. So one of the ways of promoting these writers and promoting Ukrainian literature has been book fairs. The Lviv book Forum is the oldest book fair in Ukraine, and it was co-founded by Oleksandr Koval, who is the current director of the Ukrainian Book Institute, and Andriy Pavlyshin, who is a very well-known translator, a historian, he teaches at the Ukrainian Catholic University. And the New Book Forum is one of the principal cultural events in Ukraine. And mm. six years ago, Ukrainian Jewish encounter got a booth there and started talking about the publications that we have supported over the years and several of those publications, they've come out over a course of a number of years. This is now our sixth year participating mm. at the New Book Forum and as a sponsor. Some of the books that we have had displayed are Jews and Ukrainians, A Millennium of Coexistence, which mm-hmm. is co-authored by Paul Robert Marguchi and Johanna Petros shtem mm-hmm. Babinyar, History and Memory, which is a collection of monographs by writers and mostly historians and cultural figures from Ukraine and Europe. And that book was published and it was dedicated to the 75th year anniversary of Babinyar. We have the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, Cultural Dimensions, which is co-edited by Wolf Moscovich and Alti Rodal. Mm-hmm. Professor Moscovich is on our board of directors. Ms. Rodal is a co-director and co-founder of UJE. Mm-hmm. This was based on a conference that took place in Jerusalem a number of years ago, and then Alti Rodal's book, The Ukrainian-Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914. And this book is based on a traveling community exhibit that went to six Canadian cities in 2015, and it's a beautiful book that looks at this exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, highlights from that, and builds on it. And then this book also accompanied an exhibition that we had in view right. earlier this year in May. Right. And so we have been displaying these books mm-hmm. at the fairs. Mm-hmm. And we've also participated in Arsenal, which is a very important book fair that takes place in May in KU. And our books are also displayed in Vipra, in Medvin, which is a more specialized book fair in KU that just took place. Hmm. So the book fairs are ways of promoting Mm -hmm. not only Ukrainian writers, but also showing the public some of our work and what we're doing. And this year, we also participated in book fairs in London, Paris, and in Frankfurt. Frankfurt is the largest book fair in the world, and I had an opportunity to go there, and it's just... Overwhelming in a way when you begin to look at all the books from all over the world But Ukraine as a country at Frankfurt has had a country stand for a number of years now, but it's very interesting to see the interest that one sees in Ukraine and in the writers that are coming out of Ukraine because now it has writers that are becoming internationally known.
2: Hmm, hmm. Well, before we get into that, Natalia, I just was wondering how are your books from Ukrainian Jewish Encounter received in Ukraine and and the other book fairs in Europe? Well,
9: the books, I would say, have been received quite well. The Jews and Ukrainians book has been presented not only at the book fairs but also Professor Marko has been traveling around Ukraine presenting this book. This book has also been discussed in London. So it really sort of looks at this millennium of coexistence mm-hmm. between these two peoples. I mean, Jews and Ukrainians have lived you know, on the territory of contemporary Ukraine for nearly two millennia. Right. The cultural dimensions book, you know, looks at, again, this interaction in the cultural fear between Ukrainians and Jews, whether that's art or architecture, mm-hmm. and it fills a void that we don't always know what is the interaction right. between these two people. Where do we see elements, art or architecture in each other's spheres?
2: Yeah, I've been hearing from mm-hmm. um, listeners as well who have read these books, one in particular who is Jewish from the United States, and he's found them incredibly helpful and illuminating and thought-provoking, and he's getting information and knowledge that he hadn't had before. Um, And it seems so many Jews in North America trace their heritage back to Ukraine in this area in Eastern Europe, that is where Ukrainians and Jews have coexisted, as you say, for this millennia. So it's great that this dialogue has started and is taking place and is, is accelerating from the sounds of it thanks in large part. I mean, Ukrainian Jewish Encounter has been around for 10 years now. You'll be celebrating mm-hmm. your 10th anniversary, and they have done incredibly groundbreaking work, including with these books. So good that the UJE books are well-received. Tell us about some of the books that you've encountered by new writers. What are some of the topics that are popular?
9: Well, one of the, and it's not surprising, is the topic of war mm. and how a country deals with that, in fiction and nonfiction, and in poetry, I was at Msvidian Chernovich recently, which is an international poetry festival, and literally Serhiy finished off the festival, and there were hundreds of people hearing his poetry, mm. and it is so incredibly powerful that deals with war and anger and survival. Yeah, And from my perspective, and the writers that I have followed or have dealt with, are also looking at where is Ukraine's place within this European sphere.
10: Mm-hmm.
9: One of the programs that we have sponsored is a literary re- residence in Buchach, Ukraine,
10: mm-hmm.
9: in partnership with Agnon Literary Center.
10: Mm-hmm.
9: And the first group of writers that participated in that were Supyandr Hovich, under And they had to read uh, writings by S. Noan, the Nobel Prize winning writer in the Hebrew language, who was actually born in Ukraine in Buchach, lived there for the first 19 years of his life, and then left. Mm. And then he came back in the 1930s and he saw Buchach for a very short period of time. But Buchach has been within his realm of writing almost throughout his entire career. And actually, when he won the Nobel Prize, he was in the midst of writing his Butchid stories. And these stories have now been published by the Ignon House in Jerusalem, where he lived. And so these writers deal with a number of various topics, but they've also been looking at sort of this Ukrainian-Jewish relationship as well within the writing. Mm -hmm. And so we see a whole bunch of different themes now developing in Ukraine and in its literature. Certainly, children's books are hugely popular today in Ukraine. And it's wonderful to go to some of these book fairs and to see that you have special sections that are, de- that are devoted specifically to children. Yeah. And where children writers will read stories and the children have room to play Uh, Peter Zalmayev, who is a good friend of ours, recently wrote a children's book and it's both in Ukrainian and in English with wonderful illustrations.
2: Oh great.
9: So we are seeing this sort of this larger development.
2: Hmm. So Imagine the, the topic of war, though, Would they would have a lot in common with Israeli writers. Israel is in a war as well, as is as, as Ukraine. So have you been to book fairs in Israel, and is this conversation going on there as well? Well,
9: yes. The Jerusalem Book Fair recently changed its format. Oh, Before, it was a fair that was open to the public, and, you know, they had writers who gave presentations, you know, just as you would in other book fairs, and they recently changed that format to be more oriented towards professionals. But in the previous years that we participated, and this festival takes place every two years, we had gone with Irina Karpa. She has a very unique, distinct style. We also went then two years later with Katarina Bhattina and had supported the translation of her poetry into Hebrew. Mm. and. The feedback from Israelis was, well, people thought that she was writing about Israel and the situation in Israel. And she says, well, no, I'm writing about our situation. Wow. And so Israelis were able to immediately connect with Bakken's poetry. It was in the same vein. Wow. And it was very impactful. And she had an opportunity to present her poetry at the book fair, and then in other venues when she was in the country. So we do
2: see this link today. Wow. So you mentioned that you were at a book fair in Frankfurt, Germany, and you were very excited about it um, in uh, private communications that we had. So tell me about uh, what was so exciting about that one.
9: Well, it was an opportunity for UJE to display the books that we have been supporting. And to also, I think, show to a larger public that the Ukrainian-Jewish conversation is not something that is being ignored in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. that there is an ongoing conversation, that this is an important relationship, and it's recognized. And that, for me, was an important component. Our books were part of the catalog that was presented um, at the book fair. At the Ukraine country stand, which I have to say was just really magnificent. It was very large. I think just the ability to see on display the wealth of Ukrainian literature, not only in the Ukrainian language, but in English, in German, to see books that have been translated into French and they were also on display. Because the way Frankfurt works is the first half of the fair is for professionals where book contracts and deals are discussed and made. And then the second half, it's opened up to the general public. Mm. And I was there just for one day, which was the professional day. It's like a six-day fair, so it's it's quite long. And so I wasn't there to see the reaction of the public, but just to be able to see different people walking around and looking at the books. And It gave, at least for me, I felt like there is an interest in Ukraine Maybe Ukraine is not at the level that it hopes yet to be, but steps are being taken to widen the influence of books and Ukrainian books on an international level. And I think it's also part of cultural diplomacy. I mean, that is a very important component for any country, for any organization. So those were some things that were were exciting for
2: me. Hmm. So over the years as you've been going to book fairs, is there anything in particular that attracts you that you would want to explore a particular author, book, or topic, in particular on on our series or for Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, I suppose, what attracts your attention? Hmm.
9: The book fair that we've been dealing with the longest is the Lviv Book Forum in Mm Lviv. And it's less of what I would like to see, but what I think we've heard from other individuals is that they want to have thematic approaches because we have a very large program. And if one looks at our website, UkrainianJewishEncounter.org, right now it's the the program is in Ukrainian, but you'll get a sense of how large our program was this last year. People more and more, I think, they want they want to start looking at themes. You know, what are the themes within the Ukrainian Jewish relationship? And people have said that they want to hear more about, let's say, the relationship between Ukrainian and Jewish women. Where was the intersection with them?
10: Mm.
9: Uh, It's interesting in the sense that some people, you know, are are saying, oh, it would be really interesting if we look more at what was the work in science fiction, let's say. Mm -hmm. Because that's, I guess, a very huge industry now of writers in Ukraine. And Mm so these are the things that we're looking at more for the future. I mean, next year, I think we'll be looking at Amos Oz and Akron Apelfeld. These were two writers whose roots are in Ukraine, and January will mark the anniversaries of their deaths. But we would like to be able to discuss and talk about their literature at next year's Review of Book Forum, because we did support the translation of three books, two by Apelfeld, one by Amos Oz, into Ukrainian. And in a way, this will open the door to Ukrainians, the history of these two individuals Mm. and how their Ukrainian background influenced their writing in Israel and their works.
2: Great. And so we'll be able to get our hands on a couple of books from your recent book fair forays.
9: Yes, well, (laughs) Katarina by Aharon Apripez was already come out, but there are two other books that should be done by Book Fair, which is why we're looking sort of at honoring these two writers at the next Book Fair in view.
2: Great. Well, look forward to getting a chance to read them and review them here on, on our show. And uh, thank you so much for giving us this information about the great work that you're doing in continuing the groundbreaking work of UJE, but particularly, it's so important. Books have been important for centuries, and uh, they certainly are continuing to be and opening lots of eyes and minds and hopefully making our world a better place uh can you tell me like what do you do at a book fair Yeah, what's a typical um day at a book fair for Natalia
9: <laughs> well you know we have very full programs i do a short presentation just to tell people about uje mm-hmm. and publishing who is our curator of this program. He and I work almost all year long to determine what should the program look like mm-hmm. at the Duke Book Farm for that year. Mm-hmm. And typically, when he opens the panel, then I say something about UJE, then he gives a larger overview of our discussion, and he will be a moderator, or sometimes somebody else will be a moderator. He's fantastic. I mean, he's sort of is running all over the place over the course of all of these days.
2: So he would moderate panel discussions? Yes, Hmm. Publisher will moderate panel discussions. He's very good. Hmm. And he's very well respected in in Ukraine, within this literary community. And these panel discussions then would be about individual books or authors' works?
9: I'll give you an example. One of them was Gron's text. From Buchach to Jerusalem, and it was a presentation of the literary residents and the essays that appeared in this little book called A Key in the Pocket. This was in the participation with Rabbi Jeffrey Sachs, who is head of research at the Ignon House, Mariana Maximiak who is head of the Ignon Literary Center in Buchach, and then also the same Machno, who is. A Ukrainian writer who has lived for over 20 years in New York now, the wonderful essayist that he participated this year in the literary residence in Vuchach. And so I presented this panel and then Jeffrey Sachs participated via Skype because his flight was canceled. He wasn't able to get to view for this panel. So in this case, Mariana Jeffy Sachs and Vasimovma uh, had a, sort of a conversation with one another, and we had a simultaneous translator who translated. Another wonderful, I thought, little roundtable discussion were Ukrainian-Jewish relations and museum collections and art. And this was a presentation of books that had been published by Dukin and Litra, and then also the catalog, the, the book that Altie had written. And so, in this case, Publition moderated this discussion. It was with Yosef Ziesels, Alte Rodal and Beryl Rodal. and here there was a little roundtable discussion and that is on our website now. So it's varied. The days are varied, but usually we now have a set format where Publition does the introduction, I say a few words about UJE, and then we go on to the discussion. and we. Take the majority of these events and we put them on our website and on our YouTube page because not everybody is able to go to a presentation because at book fairs it's amazing how many presentations take place at the same time so it's there it's an archive of what was said and the important ideas that are discussed at these presentations it's very exciting yeah and The more I've been involved with these fairs, you know, the more excited I get, the more I learn, and, you know, the more you realize the importance of these fairs as well.
2: Right. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us, and uh, look forward to uh, reading more books in the future and sharing them with our listeners here on Nasholis. Uh, Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and for collecting them and, and bringing your attention to them. Thanks so much, Natalia. Thank you. I've been speaking with Natalia Fedushuk, Director of Communications for Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, our sponsor here on Nash Holos for Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Until next time, Shalom.
4: Canada's National Ukrainian Festival returns to Dauphin, Manitoba, August long weekend, celebrating 55 incredible years. Early bird weekend passes will be available December 2nd, as well as day passes and camping passes. The on-site attractions, grandstand variety shows, and hourly ongoing entertainment on four feature stages are all included in your one-pay admission. No extra fees. Get your tickets and more info at cnuf.ca.
2: You've been listening to Nash Holos, Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast and information about the show. And that's www.nashholos.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there where you can support our work if you like. Nejzámejší, skvělý náš programu poranem přestatese naštěděných dní, musí často domovíska zaté dopačněj. Ale předtem jich ochutil zalesštěváte kámo slavme moudrostě. Chci líudé bloudět, jaký druhéch sudět. And our proverb of the week translates as: Those who pass judgment on others go astray. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So to wrap things up, we have Stephen Schwack from Edmonton, along with his Tsimbala students from a CD called Learning Curves and a traditional Ukrainian folk song or dance, Ishumet Ihude The Blowing Wind. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and AM 1320, thanks for listening, and Dobranich! I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nashholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nashholos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nasholus.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support.